Life doesn't always turn out the way we want it to. Millions of people get seriously injured or ill every year, putting their lives on halt. This may cause some of you to lose your jobs, your health, and more importantly, your sense of purpose. I believe that no matter how hopeless and helpless you might feel right now, God still has a purpose for you. This show was created to help you find that purpose, to inspire you to not give up, and to find ways to find fulfillment and make your life meaningful. It does not matter how dim your past or present looks like, as long as you are breathing, you can always find the way to say, my future is alive. Thank you so much for joining me. My name is Christine Waters, and I hope you enjoy this show. So since this is the first episode, I thought I'd start with sharing my story that prompted the show. I had a roller coaster of a year in 2013, and that year ended with a tragedy. The year started out great, actually. After years of waiting for something to happen with my music, I was finally in a band with a couple other girls, and we were just enjoying doing our music, playing in different open mics. And suddenly, the door was open for us to play or to be part of a roster of new artists to be showcased in the Ontario Center for Performing Arts, which puts on a showcase every June. So that was exciting, and that was definitely a high for me. And then March came along, and the kitchen ceiling of one of the properties I managed caved in. There was water overflowing from the top floor, bathroom, into the kitchen ceiling, and finally it just collapsed. And because it was so expensive to hire somebody to put up drywall, this little girl, this five foot one and a half girl, yes, the extra half inch counts, was taught and assisted by uh, the owner of the house next door. So yeah, I guess it's something I can add to my resume now. I can put up a ceiling. <laughs> what a mess that was. Definitely crazy. But you know, as the year went along, there were ups and downs. And one of the ups was getting a two-week vacation in May, or the end of May into June. And with that vacation, I went up to visit my family up in Oakville, Ontario, which is where most of my dad's side of the family lives. My cousin was getting married, so we had so much family around coming in from different parts of the world. It was also a good time for us to celebrate my grandma's birthday. She turned 90 that February. So of course, when people were around, we had to celebrate it once again. And so that was planned. Friday was gonna be the wedding, Sunday, the celebration of her birthday. Nothing could have prepared me or any of my family for that matter for what was about to happen. Saturday, after the wedding, which was beautiful by the way, I drove back home four hours 
to play at that showcase I mentioned earlier. So we played that. I was a nervous wreck, but we made it through. And I also got to see Jacob Johnson for the first time in my life. I, I never heard of him before then, but the guy is an amazing performer. Great guitar player, great performer, great singer. He was phenomenal. And so after the showcase that evening, I heard from my aunt that my grandmother had fallen. I didn't have much details, just that. And so I drove back early morning as I planned that Sunday morning because the celebration was that afternoon supposed to be, but again, my grandmother had fallen. And on my way back to Oakville, I found out that barely any of my family had any sleep. Apparently, when my grandmother fell, she hit her head and had internal bleeding. Now, the injury was so bad that it pushed her tongue to the back of her throat, and so she couldn't speak, she couldn't eat. And so there was these three weeks of us taking turns being with her in the hospital. I drove back several times back and forth because eventually I, had, I did had to go back to work. We thankfully got to do a celebration of her life at the short moment when she was still able to watch us virtually, like a lot of folks do nowadays, through FaceTime back then, I believe. And at the end of that three weeks, it was just, it was like watching someone starve to death. And it was, it was just crazy. They, they couldn't do anything for her because of her age. They would not put a feeding tube in, nothing. They couldn't do anything. And so she was the last grandmother of mine, or grandparent for that matter, that have passed. And I wish I could say that was the end of my tragedies for that year, but that was just one of them. And that roller coaster just kept going back around and around, up and down, up and down. I did get to play a few more shows with some friends that year, the best of which was getting to open for J.J. Heller. That was amazing. I was, again, a nervous wreck, but it still was amazing. Thank God for that. And I got to meet Larry Hoyt, who is a local NPR station host. I'm not sure if he still hosts right now, but he was at that time. He liked my music. He even um, offered to record some of it. So I was very appreciative of that. There were issues with, more issues with rental properties. I got to foster a 14-year-old. My goodness. That's another story in itself. But yes, I got to foster a 14-year-old at least for a couple of weeks until I got seriously injured. So towards the end of that year, that roller coaster finally crashed, left me in pieces on the ground, completely helpless, unable to get back up, at least not for nearly two years after that. What happened was, on a Saturday night, I was just picking up a sock of all things, but yes, I was just picking up a sock in my laundry area, and on my way down, I hit my head really hard. So hard 
that it gave me a terrible concussion. In that split second, my life changed, turned around completely. I didn't know it at the time, but that's what was about to happen. That hit, as I said, gave me a terrible concussion and it was so bad so that eventually I had to let go of my job. I lost everything. I lost my job, my dignity, my independence. I had to rely on other people to help me. I literally, literally felt like a baby trapped in a big body. Knowing all these things that I used to do, that I knew in my head that I could do, I, I know how to drive, I know how to read, I know how to run. But physically, mentally, I could not do it. I had to relearn everything I used to do, and it took a lot of time. So everything had to be stopped. I couldn't take care of my foster kid. I couldn't work. I couldn't drive. I couldn't even prepare my own meals without getting a setback. Things I gravitated towards when going through a rough time, I couldn't do. I wasn't allowed to watch TV or read or play the piano, which was a very therapeutic thing for me to do or play the guitar. I couldn't even listen to music. My eyes were so sensitive, and they call it photophobia, that I had to wear sunglasses everywhere I went. When inside, I stayed in the dark if I could. I was so sensitive to sound, I wore earplugs wherever I went, inside or outside the house, even when I was sleeping sometimes. It was a devastating time. So I was forced into months and months and months of darkness and silence. Can you imagine the isolation? I can certainly relate with those of you who've had COVID and have been forced to quarantine yourself apart from your family or your loved ones. Or I know families that couldn't be with their loved ones in the hospital. And that loved one had to be alone where they were, either in a nursing home or a hospital. It's crazy. I'm telling you, the things that happen in your mind and in your body when you're forced into isolation. At my worst state, even having a conversation was too difficult. I remember my friend I was staying with for about a month, him, with him and his wife, and he was just trying to tell me a story about something that happened. And my, I, I felt my brain just fold inside of my head. And I could not listen further. I had to step away from the conversation. I wasn't even responding. I could not respond. I could not process the information. I could hear him, but I just, my brain could not respond. And at another point maybe a few weeks into this of the isolation, I remember craving human interaction or human touch, I should say. I had ended up in the ER a couple of times already and the third time, I remember the doctor asking me to reach for his hand or his finger. And when I did, I was like inside, very relieved just to be able to 
have a little bit of human touch. It was the weirdest feeling. I just didn't have the distractions of television, of being able to read or working. And because of that, what I craved the most was not these things that I couldn't do, but having the human touch and human interaction. There were many times when I questioned what was going to happen. It was so unknown. There seemed to be no end in sight. Yet somehow, in those darkest chapters of my life, or the valley of the shadow of death, is what I would describe that time, I heard new songs. Sometimes I would have dreams in the middle of the night, which I thank God for. I really believe he used them to comfort me during that time. And then sometimes during the day, I would just hear melodies with words that later, some of them later became songs that I eventually wrote. I, for a while, I just had to keep them in my head and then eventually got to write them down. Another thing that happened is that I found out who my real friends were. Those who gave up their time, their homes, their love, without expecting anything in return. Those who readily came alongside me to bring me comfort, hold my hand, give me rides, pushed me when I needed to be pushed, or pulled me when I needed to be pulled, challenged me when I needed to be challenged. Those who prayed for me and held no judgment against me. I really appreciated that. I had no choice but to let go of my independence and let others help me. And when I did, I found open hearts ready to take me in. But you can only rely on friends and family for so long. So what do you do when you're in such a helpless state? I remember at least a couple of times in my first year of recovery, sitting at the top of my stairs, leaning against the wall. The lights were off, as usual, and I was feeling really, really weak, both mentally and physically. I was in this dark cloud of anxiety and depression. So I was sitting there, dejected, and then clearly heard the temptation to let myself fall off the stairs and die. That was terrifying. The temptation to give up my God and die. Now, I'm nowhere near where Job was, the Job of the Bible was, when he had the same temptation. And my steps are not that high for me to die if I fall off them. But the temptation was real. It was so real. And I'm thankful, so thankful, that in that moment, something rose inside of me, deep inside of me, in my spirit, a response of faith, of defiance to the temptation. I stood up saying deep inside that no, I will not lose my faith in God. He is faithful. And so I got up and I went back into my room and rested. That happened at least two times, if I recall correctly. There have been countless times of frustrations in my recovery, which involved a lot of setbacks, as I mentioned earlier. Many times I had to tell myself over and over and over again that God has a plan for me. He plans to prosper me. 
not to harm me, plans to give me hope and a future. And I had to tell this to myself in times when I was so frustrated, where I would feel like I was not becoming better, or I was just so dizzy. And then, oh my goodness, am I this dizzy again? God has a plan for me. He plans to prosper me, not to harm me. He plans to give me a hope and a future. Every time when I was in despair, even years after that, and I had this major setback, I just had to hang on to that gospel truth. Now, it's been about seven years almost since that accident, and I've just seen God's provision despite what happened. I've seen his intervention. He has opened my eyes to many things, and certainly he's given me the assurance over and over and over again that he has great plans for me, plans to prosper me, not to harm me, plans to give me hope in the future. And I've started to see that come into fruition. For instance, years ago, while I was a young high school teacher, we had a special guest from England who prophesied over me and that prophecy, one of the things he mentioned was that I was going to be a worship leader. Now, this introvert who barely talked in regular conversations was going to be a worship leader. Sure, I believed it. I, I didn't doubt it. And eventually, actually, soon after that, I did go to Bible school, majored in worship and technical arts. But as life happened, that took a back seat. Instead, I worked in banking, which was actually my last job before the injury. And would you believe that last year, God opened the door for me to work at a local church as a worship leader? Isn't he amazing? I still work there and I enjoy doing it. And it's just been amazing. Not only that, I also have an EP that will be coming out soon and it's been in the works for more than two years. Actually got finished being produced earlier this year, but I just, I'm about to release it soon. So I'm excited about that. And life has just become even more exciting. It only goes to show that God has more plans for me. And I want you to know that he also has great plans for you. And so I want to help you explore that through this show. I will be interviewing different people for different episodes, from counselors to people who have overcome tragedies whose lives have been redirected. So we can hear their story and hopefully inspire us to keep believing and keep saying, my future is alive. My future is alive. So with that, I want to give you three things I learned from my experience. Number one, it's okay not to be okay. Number two, there is always a better chapter coming up. So giving up is not an option. And number three, I am not alone in my suffering. I saw so many people with all the visits I've had to go to different facilities, therapy and hospital, there are countless people that have had it worse than me, and God can use my story to help them. So I'm excited about that. I hope you are, and please keep listening. Thank you so much for joining me and sticking with me this far. 
If you'd like some free music sent to your inbox, just go to christinewaters.com forward slash free. That's christinewaters.com forward slash free. Also, I am looking for similar inspirational stories. So if you would like to be interviewed or if you have some people that you would like to suggest for me to interview, please send me an email at music at christinewaters.com. Don't forget to hit subscribe and any review is greatly appreciated. Let me leave you with one of the songs I wrote during my darkest time. I hope it becomes an encouragement to you. God bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you and give you peace. God bless. My God is for me, not against me. He sent his only son to save me. When I was bound into slavery, he stretched his mighty arm to set me free. My God is for me, not against me, no. He sends his angel to protect me. When I am hemmed by the enemy, he stretches his mighty arm to part the sea. You're my deliverer